the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a Wednesday, always a good day, because we're halfway through the week. It's hump day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day, closer to Friday than it was on Monday. And that's uh, always a good thing. Uh, our good friend Ken Yang is on his way up. He'll be joining us here in a moment. Our guest to start us off today is going to be Paul Simmons. Uh, Paul Simmons is the uh, head football coach at Harding University and the first question I got for you, Paul, is how do you take a small university like Harding and make it into a winning football program like you have done over the years? Well, I tell you what, Dave. First of all, I, you know, I'm not the one that built this. I, I inherited a really good program from, from Ronnie Huckabee. Certainly, we hope we have raised the bar. Uh, I tell you, the, really the key to our success around here is that we have gone out and pursued um, the right kind of young men. If I call a, a, call, I mean, a high school head coach about a young man, he'll say, Coach, this guy's 6'3", 220, he can run a 4'5", and then I say, Coach, let's back up. Coach, tell me about his character. Tell me about his attitude. Uh, coach, is he a warrior? Does he love to play? Is he accountable? Does he know what it means to be a tremendous teammate? What do you mean? What I mean is, is, is he a guy that when he walks in the locker room, everybody gets better because the way that guy works, that way that guy um, handles adversity, the way he takes coaching. Uh, does he have a humble spirit? Does he know what it means to, um, to serve the people around him? And so we have gone out and pursued those kind of people and we've got a locker room full of young men that are just really, really special. Um, we're the only school, I guess, anywhere in America where all of us played here. You know, Harding is home for us. Uh-huh. This is not this is not work. This is mission for us. Um, you know, it just it matters more to us because this, this is our home. And so, um, and then we try to, you know, all of that falls under the. Um, the overarching theme of, of doing it in a way to honor God. I mean, we, we want to run a program uh, that will honor God. And we just feel like, um, you know, we definitely have been blessed without a doubt. Uh, but the key to our success is having young men that are just different and really special. Well, what's interesting about Harding, look, I when I was developing through my career in radio, I did a lot of play-by-play sports. I used to be the voice of Harding, not Harding, what am I talking about, uh, Western University, Midwest University, and over there in uh, Texas. And, right. and uh, 
it's a small program and it slowly but surely built itself into a great uh football program and and that's what you've done at harding i mean your facilities are fantastic there how how have you been able to generate the funds that you need to have that type of facility well, I tell you what, we, we really do have an amazing place here, uh, our new indoor practice facility. Uh, I think there's eight or nine in the nation on any level that are this big. I mean, this is bigger than Arkansas. It's bigger than Auburn's. Uh, it's a football-only gorgeous facility. Um, and the, to me, the most impressive thing is that the university itself uh, didn't pay for a penny of it. This this facility was, was paid for 100% by the brotherhood it was built by the brotherhood it was paid for by people that love um this place paid for mostly by by former players that that would say that this place didn't change their life it saved their life uh-huh. um it was a giant blessing for me to go out and, and be able to raise that money and really just hear the story of so many guys that came through here basically walked in like i did having no idea who they were as a 17 to 18 year old and and having a program give them direction give them a vision for who they could be and the thing that i heard dave over and over and over again is hey coach i can give you a thousand bucks i can give you a ten thousand whatever but coach if i could give you back like harding football has given to me i'd pay for all of it it costs 5.3 million dollars uh but dave everything that we have the, the locker room, the weight room, which is unbelievable, the training room even, all of it was paid for by old guys um, that just love this place and, and, and um, love what it did in their life. The Brotherhood is really, really powerful right now. Well, if you just joined us, Paul Simmons is our guest. He's the head football coach at Harding. And Harding's football program is exceptional. And uh, he's done great things. I mean, Let's go back just and talk a little bit about 2021. 10-1 record. You won the Great American Conference, the GAC title, after a 31 to nothing win over Arkansas Tech last week. Harding is the number two seed in the NCAA Division II tournament that starts this Saturday. And Harding will host Washburn that comes out of Topeka, Kansas, at uh, 1 p.m. at First Security Stadium in Searcy. So how are ticket sales going? Are they are you sold out yet? We're not we're not sold out, but it's going really well. And I'm I'm gonna tell you if you're listening and you and you wanna come see a great football game and, and watch a bunch of guys get after it, man, ten bucks for a ticket. I mean that's that's the easy work right there. If, if if folks, if they can't find that money, call me and I'll I'll pay for it for them. The hogs are <laughs> the hogs are out of town. The 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 bike is the only show going on. We would love to have you here. Yeah, that would that would be good. Ten dollars for a general admission, five dollars for students, fifteen dollars for reserved. Uh go to get to in on the action, go to hardingsports.com for those affordable tickets. We're gonna come back talk more with Paul because you gotta be a special coach to do what you guys do at Harding. You're talking about men who are saying that you didn't just change their lives. You saved their lives. That means there's something special about you and uh, that it's more than X's and O's and, you know, cross bucks and all the rest of what you do uh, in your football program. We'll talk further with Paul here in just a moment. we got to get a break, our first break of the uh, of the day in. 
And PI Roofing wants you to know they are the people to go to if you want your roofing done and done right. Got some people that just bought the house next to me and they're having the roof redone. And I could tell you five or six things that they're doing wrong right now because I know Joel Johnson enough. And that if Joel walked out on that work site, he'd be scratching his head and talking to the homeowner and said, why didn't you call me? We do this correctly for you. But, uh, you know, PI Roofing, best roofing company as far as I'm concerned. Here in central Arkansas, probably in the whole state, I've had no other roofing company ever walk on the roof of my house. I've owned it for uh, 19 years now. My wife, can, she uh, corrected me. I said 18. It's 19 years. And, uh, you know, they, they just continue to do a fantastic job when they come out. They found one nail that was sticking up on the top of my house a few months back that was causing a small leak, but they found that one nail. I called in. They were out in two days. They they stopped a, what could have turned into, I think, a major uh, leak. But that's PI Roofing, 707-3551, or you can go visit them online, piroofing.com. Back on the Dave Ellswick Show, I know it's early in the morning, but that's why we get our best guests on in the first half hour. That way we know that you'll tune in and listen because you want to hear what they have to say. Paul Simmons is with us today. He is the head football coach at Harding University. They got an exceptional football program there. It is really amazing. A school of their size puts together the type of talent that they do. How difficult is it for you, Paul, to go out and talk to young men and and uh, say i want you to come play football harding it's division two it's not division one every high school football player under god's blue sky wants to play division one sports how do you tell them that hey look division two ain't no slouch well i tell you that the whole key dave is is finding the right young man i mean you you've got to find uh, young men that want the things you have to offer here. I mean, we're we're not selling uh, seventy five thousand people in the crowd. What we're selling <laughs> is unreal brotherhood, accountability, a bunch of guys that that love each other more than any other locker room in the country. Um, and and we're selling an opportunity to be part of something that's really really special. And um, you know, you're right. You know, a lot of a lot of guys don't get it, but we. You know, if we have a big recruiting camp, we have 120 families out there. And the first thing I do is stand up and I talk about, hey, the reason this program exists is to honor God. Mm-hmm. We're trying to find young men that care, that are special, that want to be awesome Christian fathers and husbands. And I can look in that crowd and in the first five minutes know right away the families that we want there. But you can see their eyes twinkling, their heads nodding. And we, you know, we want guys that want this. I don't want to have to talk somebody into being a part of this. I want guys that recognize how different it is, how special it is, and guys that really do want to be a part of this. I mean, we have, we have uh, several guys committed right now in this class that, that have Division I offers. But once they were on campus, they were around our young guys. They recognize the focus of the program. They're like, Coach, that's what I want. I want to be coached that way. I want to be loved that way. I want to be sharpened that way. I want to be in your home. I want to be at a place where uh, the coaches unashamedly talk about, you know, honoring God with the program. That's what I want. 
and and that's a that's a select few guys. But when you find the right ones, that's when you have guys that can do things that are special. You know, when you when you have a program that's driven by love, and and the guys recognize that it's not about themselves, it's about the guys around them. Uh, how can they serve? How can they be a great teammate? You can do anything. I mean, Dave, every almost every Saturday we play teams that that are longer, faster, bigger. Um, but the difference is just having guys that are committed to one another and putting the needs of the guys around them in front of their own needs. And when you do that, um, boy, you can make magic. You, you really can. How uh, important is Bison football to the campus and, and to the community at large in Searcy? Well, I tell you what, I, I hope it's really important. You know, when I took this job, you know, that was one of the most important things to me. Uh, we want to be a football program that leads on campus. I can tell you this, um, you know, our guys, it's, we do not do things in a typical college football player way. You know, we try really, really hard to, to lead with a humble spirit. You know, my young men, they're going to be uh, the first one to class. Um, sitting on the front row is not optional. We're going to be on the front row. We're going to engage <laughs> teachers. Um, this past spring, we had a 3-2-9 GPA, uh, 14-4.0 uh, guys on our team. And it, so it's really, really important that we, that we lead campus uh, and we do it with a humble spirit. But, you know, also I want to be a program that, that this community can be proud of, you know, n- you know not just a hardened community, but I want the people that are in Searcy – um, to be proud of our program, and it, it, you know it's fine to be proud of winning, but I want people to be proud of uh, of a program that that does things with a tremendous amount of uh, class, uh, that have young men that care, that represent the right way, that are accountable, that have a high level of work ethic and, and passion, and um, you know I, I really think that we've we've come a long way in in winning. Uh, the extended community over people that really maybe have not been necessarily harding people in the past um, are, are, you know, starting to realize, hey, something really special is going on within that football program that's a reflection of harding as a whole. Now, I want people to remember again that coming up this Saturday, November 20th, you all are the number two seed in the NCAA Division II tournament. The game that you're having is at Harding. Uh, it's uh, Washburn from Topeka, Kansas. It's at 1 o'clock in the afternoon at First Security Stadium in Searcy. Uh, HardingSports.com is where you go to get your tickets. And it, it's not like going to the you know Division One where you're going to you know pay uh, maybe uh, the birth certificate of one of your young kids that you got. These are $10 general admission tickets. $5 student tickets and $15 reserve tickets, but you're going to see a great brand of football. You're going to see kids that are going to lay it all out on the field, 110%. They play uh, They play for themselves. They play for God. They play for their coach. And, Coach, let's talk about you a little bit. you got to be a special kind of guy there at Harding <laughs> University. Uh, you're talking about, you know, young men that you want to be grow up to be uh, great young citizens of our of our country and of our community, you know what does that mean for you? How do you have to, you know, run your life, so to speak? 
Well, I'm going to say, you know, first of all, I'm I'm absolutely a child of grace. I mean, you know, I, this, you know, Harding had a tremendous impact in my life. Uh, I played for guys here, um, Coach Huckabee, Coach Tribble, that that I absolutely um, revere. Um, I have had so many people from this place speak life into me, and uh, if there's anything good in me, it's it's it's. It's me trying to be like Christ. I mean, I'm a I'm a sinner that, um, has, you know, I can't, you know, I got it all uh, messed up. But I I I really do want to do things um, in the right way. And you know, I tell you, I, I tell parents as I say, you know, everything that we do every day, you know, every lesson, whether it's about accountability, about loyalty, about toughness, about perseverance. It's all in light of this is what you're going to have to do one day to be the right kind of Christian father and the right kind of loyal husband because we live in a culture where everybody walks out. You know, when it gets tough, we walk out. We, you know, it's, it's, it's too tough in our marriage, we'll just find another one. You know, it's too tough in our job, we'll find another one. And we are trying to, trying to fight that with all that's in our being. So, Every single lesson every day is not about football. It's about how can I do this in football and help me to be better one day when it gets really tough. Because college football feels tough when you're 19, 20 years old. But in hindsight, it's really, really easy compared to um, being a father who's got three kids and your, your marriage is struggling and your youngest kid cries all night long and you don't sleep. And then at 7 a.m., you got to get up and go to work because somebody's counting on you. You know, that's that's hard. And so we are trying to prepare guys for the things that are hard. Um, and I can tell you this, Mr. Dave, uh, we have an amazing staff of coaches here. I mean, guys that love these guys, um, guys that work 90 hours a week, guys that invest like crazy. Um, you know, tonight I'll have – 50 players in my home tonight at a Bible study. Tomorrow night, half our team will be in the homes of coaches and wives or, or, or cooking for them and speaking life into them. It's just really, really a different situation where, you know, our coaches view this as mission. It is mission. It is the mission of, of helping raise up men and, and create uh, Christian servants in a world that is so broken right now, I and mean, we need good men that are not afraid to lead, and and we feel a, a giant responsibility to help raise those leaders up, and and by the grace of God, we're trying to do that. Now, Coach, I got you just for a couple of more moments. I mean, let me ask, you know, what's uh, the average game day like on the Searcy campus, especially like it's got coming up on Saturday? It's a playoff game. Is it going to be? Is, it, is the atmosphere, uh, atmosphere going to be different for your players? Well, I tell you what, we we have created an awesome game day atmosphere. Our tailgate parties have been fantastic. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous about Saturday because our students get the entire week of Thanksgiving. Uh, that's a vacation for them, and mm-hmm. a lot of our students are from a long ways away. So uh, I'm nervous a little bit about about the size of the tailgate party. I, I hope that. Um, if you're listening and you're close by, you can come help fill that gap. We have a great tailgate culture out there going on. Um, it's going to be, you know, mid-50s, sunshine, a beautiful day. 
Um, but but that ought to be a really, really exciting day. But, but I tell you what, we we do, we would love to have people come in and fill the gaps that our, our students are leaving by going on Thanksgiving break. I got to tell you, you've given us a little bit of a view inside the program and, and what's happening there. Harding has always been a great school. Uh, you're you're doing a great job there in in Searcy. I, I think Harding's doing great stuff with their graduate programs. I I'll put them up against any East Coast school any day. And uh, when it comes to discipline, camaraderie, and leadership, sounds like your football program is right there along the way. Go to HardingSports.com. Get your tickets for this weekend's game. Game is at one o'clock at First Security Stadium in Searcy and. Let's uh, welcome this team from Topeka, Kansas, but send them home with a loss. Coach, thanks for your time. Yes, sir, Mr. Day. Thanks for having me, buddy. I I really appreciate it. Go Bisons. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, That's from the Harding football program. Paul Simmons, the head football coach, does a great job there. And, again, uh, they are 10-1 and and the number two seed in the playoffs for Division II uh, college football. We've got uh, some – information for you with the news and then i'll be back all right 6 35 uh there's some great concerts coming and reba mcintyre is coming she's going to be here in the near future george Strait's going to be here in the new in the near future well just the other day i got information from Jana over at simmons arena and guess who's coming in march here to uh, little rock i'm going to buy my tickets friday uh journey's coming now, Journey is one of those groups. They're a diamond group. What that means is they've sold so many albums that they're not gold, they're not platinum, they're diamond. <laughs> That's how many albums that they've sold. And just to see Journey is well worth the time. they got a guy from the Philippine, Philippines that sings for them now. You know, Steve Perry hasn't been around with them for years. Uh, that sounds exactly like. I swear to you, you'd think Steve Perry is on stage with him. He sounds exactly with him, so you'll uh, you'll hear the music the way it is supposed to be. They got one of the best guitarists in, in rock and roll, Neil Schoen. He's a fantastic uh, guitarist. But it's who they've got coming with them that's really, really, really impressive. I mean, it's Journey, all right? Journey, I say their name, anybody knows anything about rock and roll, you know, they'll start going, nah, 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 nah. You know, they're going to start doing that. Yeah. And because you got Don't Stop Believing Any Way You Want It, Faithfully, Lights, all of those great, great, great songs that they did. But then getting you ready for the night. They did They did update it, by the way. D- so did update what? The What you were talking about. It's, it's the, it's. The latter that we talked about off air uh-huh. that's coming, not the former. They got it wrong. The news got it wrong. That's opening for them. Uh, who's opening? It's for just them? it's just Billy Idol. No. Well, well, yeah, I'm okay just, with that. Yeah. No Toto, just Billy. Idol. I mean, what did, what did Toto do? Let's go to Africa. <laughs> okay, that's their song. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but Billy Idol, I'd pay just to see Idol to do white wedding and rebel yell i'll be honest with you those are two great rock and roll anthems so he's opening for them uh on on their on their tour while i got a moment here i want to make sure that you know if you're on your way to see the show and your car breaks down 
That's a nice bridge, isn't it, Heidi? And your car breaks down, call East End Towing because they'll take care of your car. Uh, They'll come out and tow you off of the highway, wherever you're at. Or if for some reason you know that uh, your friends are going to get together and maybe you're going to party hardy and uh, you're you're towing a, a camper behind you so that you don't have to drive home after the show, uh, just know that they know what to do with your car and your camper. All right. They're not going to leave one or the other on the side of the road. Bottom line, uh, when you want a tow, these are the people that uh, you need to call because no matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it. They've got all of the answers. You call East End Towing at 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. All right, let's get back talking about this. And George Strait. Yeah, he's coming. there the night before. So Is it the night watch, before? Yeah, oh, March wow. 18th. So you go watch George Strait on March 18th and go watch Journey and Billy Adam on March 19th. Can you imagine? Uh, you, now you're talking about fantastic talent in, in wow. those two nights. You know, you do some boot scooting on the 18th and then, you know, you just rock your, your socks off mm. on the next night with Billy Idol and, and Journey. You know, I have no idea how far Idol would have gone if he had not had that uh, accident uh, on the motorcycle. I mean, that just waylaid his career for a while. Um, the last time, I'm going to be honest, last time I saw Idol uh, was in the movie, The Doors. That's a long time ago. I really haven't seen him performing anywhere. So I look forward to seeing him back on stage again. He's not a big guy, but he's got a lot of energy, you know, pumped in that body of his. So uh, Journey is, of course, a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band. And uh, you want to, if you get a chance, when you get a chance to see a band like this, you want to go see them. Because I'll tell you this, they'll spare no expense to make sure that their sound is really, really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, They want people, when they listen to them, hear them. The way you heard them and you remember hearing them. Yeah, I mean, them I, I said years ago here. I wanted to start uh, catching even not even uh, you know the older bands or or artists, but even some of the newer ones who you never know will be Hall of Famers. Whether uh, uh, some of the more modern bands and artists, because you know you I talked to so many folks and they talk about all the experience they had going to you know this concert that concert you know people that have seen prince in concert that saw michael jackson in concert saw you know all the, the big, my, you know. michael's hair on fire when you know? <laughs> <laughs> it just like that that's so cool and i remember you know what if i ever make a little money i want to make sure i go do that stuff so i have those experiences and <clears throat> i've tried and it's it's cool it's cool seeing some of the uh you know old time old older uh artists and some of the newer ones I'm just telling you, this this is a show you don't want to miss. Yep. I mean, it really is. This is not, it's not one you want to miss. Last, uh, I have a, a claim to fame for you, Kent. Guess who played at my senior prom? It's 1971 now. You weren't even a gleam in your daddy's no, eye. No, I wouldn't know. <laughs> the Jackson 5 played my prom. That's so cool. That's so cool. Because <laughs> well, I went to Highland, Indiana, yeah. all right, and right next door to us was Gary. And uh, you could have seen the, the the Jackson 5 play at every dive in the area. It was amazing during that time. There was a lot, a lot of talent came out 
in that area. Tommy James and the Shondells came out of that area and stuff. It was a great we time. We celebrate, music. you know, local bands as much as we used to, and lo- local music and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, like where's that? the love for Black Oak, Arkansas? No. I mean, seriously. <laughs> they did great things. Yeah. They re- I saw, When yeah. I was at Moorhead State University, they came and played there. I don't think we have the, you know, the, the venues just haven't been sustainable, you know, for smaller bands. I remember you know, when we had Juanitas here in Little Rock, they would bring in so many bands. I mean, You're I, breaking my heart now, yeah, all right? I mean, I tell people, you know, you know Maroon 5 is huge. It's huge now. But yeah. Maroon 5 came to Juanitas. They were the nobodies yep. when they came to Juanitas. And it's just cool. And they were great then, yeah, too. Yeah, they were great then. And so... You know, uh, we just don't. Why don't we just don't have those small venues anymore? I mean, Sticky Fingers brings in some pretty yeah. good names at times. You know, as far as that, Michael Graves, friend of mine, who of course sang with uh, the Misfits, uh, and now has his own solo career. Uh, he used to come through this area every year because he played in Juanitas, mm. but now there's not many places that you know are big enough for him to come in. Because when he shows up, a lot of people show up to yep. see him. Yeah, we need a meet some medium sized clubs around. What was the name of the uh, the round movie theater that was down there on Archer? And uh, they just called the dome. I thought it was, was it the dome or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was a pretty. What was it called? The Rev or something at one time? Yeah, something that like was that. a good place. It yeah, was yeah. the right size yeah. to have you know shows like that. But instead of preserving it, they brought the bulldozers in. Yeah. Well, and then you know, you really want to go downtown and watch a concert right not, now? Well, no, 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 not right now. <laughs> not until we get a new mayor and a new police chief. Just, <laughs> just saying, just saying, they're, they're they're shooting each other too often downtown. That's not a good thing. That's not a good thing at all. So anyway, Journey is coming. Uh, so you'll cool. want to go see them in concert. Uh, they will be here in Little Rock with special guests, uh, Billy Idol, on Saturday, March the 19th. So, And then George Strait's there Friday night, the 18th. So that's two shows. You should go down. I know the tickets for Strait are on sale, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. I don't know how tickets are going, but I would expect. Not that, sold that, out yet. They'll get close. Yeah, if, they don't get, yet. if they don't get there, they're going to be very, very close. You'll be up. Way up there in the yeah, I'm, just, I'm looking at who's all you know who's all coming and they got you know, some good Re- stuff reba's coming too yeah yeah they just announced she, yeah. was, she was coming i wouldn't mind going It'd be fun to go see, reba, see yeah. her and uh, have her do her thing up there but uh a lot of country acts not as many rock acts right now but that may change as covid lets up a little bit completely hopefully soon <laughs> I'm tired of it, definitely tired of it. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think you need to be fearsome or uh, fearful or going in a big crowd and watching a concert. I, I don't think that that's, that's, that's a bad thing. But I am going to buy, I think tickets go on sale Friday for Journey. I'm going to buy two. Uh, I'm going to take Linda. She, I know she's never seen Journey, and I know she's never seen Idol, and I've seen Idol, and he's he's worth the price just to go see him so um i will uh, get us there first concert i ever took linda to was a classic rock and roll concert in indianapolis and i i took her to see uh pat benatar the scorpions with headliner ted nugent 
and it was a great night. And she couldn't believe how how loud Ted played. Ted Nugent plays loud. That's why he doesn't have his hearing very well. <laughs> He's pretty much deaf. He stood in front of those speakers and played and played and played. He played in Kansas City one time. You can look this up. It's a true story that the cows didn't give milk for two days on the farms outside of Kansas City because he played so loud. (laughs) (laughs) It's a true story. It's just not a rock and roll legend. That's a true story. All right, got to get a break in. Got to do that. And with that, I need to talk to you about another legend. And he's not a music legend. He is a real estate legend in his own time. That's Dustin Turner. This says, you know, you got to find somebody who knows what they're doing when you're trying to sell your home. You want somebody to get uh, your house in front of as many eyes as possible because most of the selling is done online. So you say to me, Dave, you've been talking about how hot the, the housing market is. Is it still that hot? Well, let me tell you. I had a house on the left of me and a house on the right of me. Both of them were for sale. The one on the left sold about three weeks ago. It had been on the market for about three weeks when it sold. The house on the left of me has been on uh, the market maybe a month, and it sold this weekend. So both of those houses are done. I'm finishing up working on my house. I still got some stuff I got to get done. I need to call Joel Johnson because, you know, PI Roofing, they do those small jobs that you need done, and I need somebody to put cord around down for me, so I'll, I'll give him a call and have have that taken care of for me. Then I'll be ready after the first of the year to sell my house, and I expect that it will go pretty quickly as well. And Dustin does that by getting you in front of as many eyes as possible on the Internet. Then he gets people to come on out and look at the house up close and personal. Oh, I forgot. He's got professional photographers to take all the pictures that they use on all these websites. He'll make your home look fantastic. Just know that. And uh, they'll sell it for you, and they'll make it happen quickly. And that's what you want. And typically, the homes are selling for more than they're, uh, you know, they're asking that people that own the homes are asking for them. 501-952-2969 is his number. You need to give him a ring and talk to him. You can trust this guy. I've had him out at my house, sit across from him at my kitchen table, talk to him about uh, how to do, uh, how to present my house and things of that nature. He told me what I needed to fix, and then there were some things I thought I needed to fix. He said, you don't need to worry about that, Dave. The people buy it whether it's fixed or not. So only fix the things you have to. And so I made a list of the things that I had to, and uh, we're going to get it out on the market here here in the next couple of months. 501-952-2969 or on the internet, hometeamsoldit.com. All right, so Ken, I've been looking forward to you coming on to the air, especially uh, with the whole Kyle Rittenhouse trial now mm. over and the uh, jury has it in their hands and they're they're behind closed doors and they're deciding what you know his fate is going to be. Your thought about what you've seen from that whole terrible situation uh you know i think they're the weak i think most people have seen it i think anyone that's uh uh sane or uh reasonable knows that the prosecution did terribly um my goodness the prosecutor should be fired 
Yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, you know, I worked for the prosecutor's office in Southern County for five years, and I mean, my it was. Uh, I feel like anyone could do could have done a better job than him. Um, and it's just it's funny how when liberals, there's no way the prosecutor's not a flaming liberal. Uh, it's funny how when liberals think that they're being real smart and cutesy and it backfires. Yeah, and how, how he, uh, um, you know, picked up the firearm oh. and. <laughs> I could not. What? I could not believe he picked up an AR-15, especially as close as we are to Alec Baldwin shooting somebody mm-hmm. with a gun that was supposedly not loaded. And you got the prosecutor picks up this AR-15 and he's pointing it directly at uh, the spectators and the jurors. Mm-hmm. I mean, how crazy! And he yeah. had his finger, finger on, on the, the trigger. trigger. Yeah, yeah. You never put your finger on yeah. a trigger. You only put your finger on the trigger if you're willing to pull it because the person that you're you're aiming at is doing something that's making you very uncomfortable. Yeah. And then, you know, the 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 liberal media is want to post it, but there's been some side-by-side pictures of when Rittenhouse had was walking around the AR15 and how he was holding it. Yeah, pointing know, at the ground. Pointing at the ground, fingering on on the trigger. Yeah. Uh <laughs> it's just it's yeah, just he, he followed gun safety measures, let's yeah. put it that way. <laughs> and uh, I think even late yesterday, you know, I think it was what reported that, uh, you know, the prosecution had withheld the uh, high def, high resolution def of the video. The You know, the, they had only produced the lower res video right. and everything. And, uh, I mean, there's just one, this young man did nothing wrong. Nope. Uh, uh, and the idea, what was the quote that the prosecutor says? Uh, when you, when you're the one that brings the gun, yeah, you give up your, your right, your, you know, self-defense. Self de- no, <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Um, and, uh, that just shows how better your IQ is <laughs> that you brought the gun and the other people didn't, they were trying to beat you in the head and everything, yeah. trying to get you underground, beat yeah. you to death. So, um, yeah, I think uh, you know the, the the liberals have been squawking about the judge, but I think the judge done, has done a good job. Honestly, it's not up to him anyway. But um, well, let's let's the the biggest fracas that came between him and the and the uh, uh, the prosecutor was when the prosecutor kept telling uh, the witness that they were still under oath. You don't ever say that in mm-hmm. a trial. That's only for the judge to say. Yeah. Only yeah. as it was when he said, notice that uh, Rittenhouse didn't say anything about X or Y or Z. And that's a constitutional right, folks. You don't have to incriminate yourself. That's part of it. It's called the Fifth Amendment, if you yep. didn't know. Yep. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I, it's sad that I'm interested to see what happens, but... Uh, I mentioned, you know, I think he's going to be, you know, not guilty on all, all counts. And uh, uh, interested to see what happens in the city. After, you know, what the people do. I mean, Black Lives Matter are there. I still don't understand what their particular uh, bone to pick is. Well, look, I mean, this. when the George Floyd verdict was being rendered down and there was thought that, you know, uh, the officer... Uh, was going to be not guilty, even though he was, he was guilty. Uh, they even shut down 
you know, all blocks surrounding the oh, yeah. Little Rock State Capitol. Oh, yeah. You know, we're not even close to Minnesota. And, peop- and people showed up. Yeah. You know, and, and we and had some graffiti a, on the Capitol. Yeah. So. And so uh, it's I'm interested to see what happens there because, uh, you know, I mean, what gets lost in all of this is uh, what Rittenhouse was trying to do. I mean, my they don't the liberal media doesn't post what else was happening in Kenosha. The people burning black businesses. Yeah. I mean, since we want to use race, we want to use race. It was uh, you know burning, burning. We had burning businesses, looting, breaking, and this was in the predominantly black area where there are a lot of black small business owners, and they are destroying them. Uh, and uh, Rittenhouse was there to to help, um, and, and he protected himself. Yeah, let's make sure that you understand. His father lived in Kenosha. Yeah. His grandmother lived in Kenosha. He worked in Kenosha. Kenosha is only about I think twenty five miles from Antioch, Illinois. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are two states that share. You know, you know, they're. Uh, where Illinois begins, Wisconsin ends. So it's not like uh, you know their their lines were far away, or these you know he flew across the country to show up, and he can he was legally having this uh, AR fifteen. It was not illegal. It was a long barreled rifle. There's just so many things. In fact, fact before the jury went to. Uh, start deliberating the judge throughout that charge against Rittenhouse. They had only five charges, not six, to take into consideration. All right, we've got the congressman. Congressman Hill is going to join us here uh, after the news, and Congressman Westerman is supposed to be joining us at 735. Ken Yang is right here in the studio with me. Uh, We will talk uh, with the congressman when we come back. Ken, of course, is chairman of the Saline County GOP and the chair of chairs of the, uh, you know, county uh, GOPs across the state. More in just a moment. with you for the final hour ken yang joins me today uh here in the studio and from washington dc uh joining us is congressman french hill he comes on each and just about every wednesday from 705 to 730 to talk about what's happening up in the wonderful world of washington dc but before we get into talking about 
really big issues. I wanted to talk to you about a piece of legislation that's out there, uh, and uh, Congressman Womack has been behind it. It's the Local Radio uh, Freedom Act. Can you talk a little bit about that, Congressman? Yeah, well, Dave, uh, good to be with you and Ken this morning. And I really appreciate Steve Womack uh, focusing on making sure that our local radio stations are competitive. That's the absolute uh, central piece behind his legislation. It has almost 200 co-sponsors uh, in Congress, so obviously that's a, a real sense of the Congress to have that many co-sponsors. And look, what it does fundamentally is it opposes any new and unwarranted music licensing fees imposed on local radio. I mean, obviously, uh, the uh, songwriters get a fee when their music's played on the radio, but radio stations have always had this sort of mutually beneficial relationship since the 1920s of promoting music and promoting artists. And in turn, they don't pay, you know, extra money for that. And so <laughs> that's at the heart of what Steve's bill does. I think it makes sense. And it, you know, it preserves uh, local, local radio station revenue so that we can have uh, the community news, the promotional uh, ads that radio stations give away for our nonprofits and uh, expand their news coverage. So bottom line is it's a good bill. Glad Steve Womack's taken a leader and I'm sure his dad, who is a radio voice in the morning in Northwest Arkansas, lobbied hard. I'm sure. I'm sure that that's the case. <laughs> I, I I lobby hard about it a, as well. I mean, I remember lobbying for President Reagan and getting rid of uh, equal time, some of the equal time regulations yep. that we had to to face at one time. And you know, people like Nancy Pelosi and others. Uh, on the Democrat side, would love to bring all of that back so they can control us more. Absolutely. And, you know, that good work on your part produced uh, the fantastic uh, conservative talk radio industry over the past three decades. It's really given working people and conservatives a voice in the country that was uh, <clears throat> non-existent. Let's face it. I mean, we were, we were confronted with uh, corporate media and corporate editorial policy, period, full stop. Yeah, it was amazing. So uh, I'm not expecting that Nancy Pelosi is going to bring it to a vote anytime soon. We got to get you guys uh, in control of the House again to see that piece of legislation move forward. I would think, right? Well, you know, uh, I'd say generally yes, but when you get 200 co-sponsors, uh, you're getting in a in a target zone where just a few more and uh, you can really start pushing that it be brought to the floor so steve's doing a good job and we'll keep it up all right anything that our listeners can do to help it forward just to call you guys up and tell you they support it is that what you'd like yeah it's uh it's a house concurrent resolution 33 it's a sense of congress about local radio freedom and uh that would be helpful but also calling uh, the the uh, democratic uh, leader's office. The Pelosi and Hoyer's offices would be good, too. All right. Now, let's move to the big issue that everybody's been talking about, and that is the social infrastructure bill uh, that's sitting out there, and everybody's waiting for the CBO. Now the Democrats are attacking uh, the CBO, saying, well, they've never looked at the way we're looking to pay for this. They've, they've never... <laughs> They've never thought about, uh, you know, we're going to wring every nickel out of the rich people that we can because we know that there are a bunch of cheats and, 
you know, it, it, it's ridiculous what they say, but th- that's what they're saying. And Nancy Pelosi said yesterday that she might try to pass this on Thursday night before the CBO shows their figures on Friday. Yeah, I mean, this is classic. They're not going to get a good CBO score. You've got gimmicks on this bill from the revenue side, and you've got gimmicks on the spending side. Let me give you an example. They suggest they're going to raise $400 million uh, a year uh, to support uh, uh, through 80,000 new IRS agents by chasing people's babysitters fees and uh, pursuing this $10,000 a year from ordinary citizens. And that just affects every family in America. It's intrusive. It's a violation of privacy. So if they think they're going to get $400 million with 80,000 agents, let's hire 200,000 agents. Maybe they can raise a trillion dollars. I mean, it's just crazy <laughs> math. And on top of that, Dave, two weeks ago in the draft of the bill that went to the House Rules Committee, it only raised $200 million. And then magically, five days later, it raised $400 million. And yet right. they didn't change anything in the bill. It's just gimmicks. And on the spending side, start a new program like we're going to pay for everybody's preschool and take that over at the federal government level instead of uh, local uh, government local school control but they're only going to fund it for a couple of years well it's a permanent government program yes so as ronald reagan told us nothing so expensive as a temporary government program nothing so permanent and that's exactly the strategy they're doing on the spending side so there's a huge tax gap here. I think that'll be shown in the CBO and joint tax work. And because it's going to be bad news, Pelosi's going to try to cram it through potentially Thursday night. We'll have to wait and see. I have to wait and see what my Democratic friends uh, have to say about this unpaid for program. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confused, uh, Congressman. And you're, you're around uh, some of these uh, loonies uh, on a daily basis. <laughs> you know, politically speaking... I, I get the feeling they didn't learn their lesson from Virginia. You know, I, I just really feel like some of these things would have died based on what the based on what Americans want. And you know, Virginia's a really good uh, cut of just everyday hardworking Americans. And the the fact that they're still pushing this is, I find it kind of odd and honestly unbelievable. Well, can you fail again that singular test of are you a liberal? Because liberals, when their policy ideas don't work, always say, well, we're just not devoting enough money to it. That's how they <laughs> That's describe right. it. And, and so, uh, no, they don't think their education policies are unpopular. They don't think their spending policies are unpopular. They don't think their border control is unpopular. They just aren't spending enough money, and they're not, you're not listening. Yesterday, Jen Pataki, the extraordinarily successful White House press spokesman, said CBO doesn't understand how to score the bill. This is insanity. No one with a straight face would say that. That's not even spin. That's just ignorance, more economic illiteracy on the part of the Biden administration. Uh, And so... That's where we are. And I just summarize it. You you couldn't possibly understand it, Ken, because you're a person who believes in the Constitution, free markets, uh, and personal liberty. So it doesn't compute in your brain what they're saying. 
And, Sorry. I mean, it's not possible for you to know what this and is. And all of these people suddenly on the Democrat side that are saying they're not going to run for re-election is not resonating either with them, is it? No. We're, uh, I think in 2010, I could be wrong, but I think uh, 17 Democrats announced before the 2010 elections they weren't going to seek uh, re-election. We're up to like 15 now. Jackie Spear, the most recent one, announced uh, yesterday she's not running again. So I suspect between Thanksgiving and Christmas, there'll be more heart-to-heart talks between husbands and wives and uh, members of Congress and their families about uh, their future for 2022, and we'll have some more retirements. Congressman, we're going to take a quick break, then we'll come back and finish up our conversation. There's still a lot of things to talk about like to get uh, your feeling about Kyle Rittenhouse and, and that trial and how political it's been. And then is the AG going to be able to keep his job after now we found that he's perjured himself in front of Congress? I want to talk about that as well. So Dave Ellswick show, we've got Congressman French Hill here on the show today for another oh, about 13 minutes. So stick around for that. Don't forget about Pat Davis. Pat Davis is ready to help you save money on your health insurance. That's right, 20, 30, 40, 50% on your health insurance. Let's just say between 30 and 50. How's that? And uh, that's a significant amount of money. And, you know, when you start talking about people are paying, you know, at times four, five, six hundred $600 a month, you save 50% of that, that's some real money that we're talking about. Why not spend a few minutes on the phone with Pat Davis and see if, He can't help you save that kind of money. 501-605-6935. He'll show you how you don't have to pay any co-pays anymore to the doctor, to the hospital, all the rest. And, uh, you know, you might be able to pick up a check from a hospital or a doctor or, uh, you know, um, one of these uh, uh, clinics that are out there. Instead of you giving them money, they're going to send you a check back in the mail and you'll be paid money. That's talking to Pat Davis, your health uh, man, plan man. And, uh, you find him on the internet there, yourhealthplanman.com. 501-605-6935. Call him today. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. We are joined uh, during this segment by Congressman French Hill from District 2. Congressman Mer- is it Garrett Merrick or Merrick Garrett? You know, I don't. I get confused sometimes about how you do his name. But the bottom line, the AG of the United States sat in front of a a, uh, a meeting of uh, you know senators and lied to them. Uh, just what was it last week? I mean, lied flat out, lied to them, contempt stuff. Do you think that they'll find him in contempt of uh, Congress? Well, I don't because Nancy Pelosi calls that shot. But I think what they uncovered was that Merrick Garland doesn't know what's going on in his department. And that uh, and if he doesn't, he's a bad manager and a bad representative of the department. He misled Congress by not fooling be read into the issues and then was hugely embarrassed by the fact that in, uh, the, the facts of the matter were the White House did cook up uh, with this school board association, essentially a letter campaign, and he took action without doing any due diligence. Mm -hmm. And look, this is what's happening across our government. Uh, Biden, 
does away with all the Trump border policies on January 21st, just stops everything. And no due diligence. Just as, well, if, if Trump did it, I'm going to do the opposite. And, of course, that is just utter malpractice. Similar issue here where a White House staffer trumps up uh, this uh, charge that somehow parents concerned about their school districts are domestic terrorists and gets the uh, AG to write a letter to the FBI. It's absolutely malpractice. I think he's hugely embarrassed by it. I don't think he'll be held in contempt, but I think he'll never live down the day that he let his department go rogue against America's parents concerned over their kids' education. Does it worry you that he's he and others are using the Patriot Act against American citizens? Absolutely. 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 No place for that. And I think that, you know, uh, is where the department and he could get into trouble, where they have – it goes beyond him – uh, not knowing the origins of this letter, the origins of what caused him to sign a document urging the FBI to go look into school board protests. Um, if they've in any way used the Patriot Act domestically, uh, there'll be people who will pay a price for that. And I think you'll get bipartisan uh, support on that. How about Rittenhouse? I mean, this this is a trial uh, that supposedly everybody thought was going to be a slam dunk, and they're going to put this young man in the in the jail. But now all the truth is coming out, all the points of uh, of accuracy are coming out, and people are going, "Say what?" You know, I mean, people are really sitting up and saying, "Is this what I've got to look forward to if somebody decides to come after me?" I mean, everybody should look at this this trial that way. It's become a political spectacle now. It absolutely has, and uh, my prayers are with that jury that they really do their job and think through these issues carefully because I think, uh, as you say, the defense has done a good job debunking this prosecutor who's sort of just gone, you know, I guess nuts with the attention he's getting. The judge has tried to keep things balanced, but this is in the hands of a jury of uh, peers, and that's the epicenter of our judicial system, and I just, my prayers are with them on trying to make a good judgment. It's been so politicized now, it's, you know, out of control. But I I think what you say is true. How people look at it depends on what side of the aisle they're on, and that's not the way to look at it. That's not the way Lady Justice is supposed to be doing it. Lady Justice is to be blind, and everybody has a due process opportunity, and so I don't know. We'll see what happens. All right. Ken, you had some other questions? No, I uh, didn't know if you saw the – the polls and the recent uh, um, just really bad polling for not only Joe Biden but Kamala Harris, uh, where uh, the recent poll yesterday was that I believe 46% of Americans believe that uh, Biden is mentally fit, 48% don't, two-point margin. A year ago, it was a 21-point margin. So he's being obviously heavy, heavily criticized for all the things that he's doing. And, of course, then there's, you have Kamala Harris who you know went to France uh uh, last week and uh, it had apparently had a French accent. Yeah, that's um, too good. That's really too <laughs> good. Caught on video the French accent and then a lot of criticism on her and a lot of rumors surrounding her and and uh, the what the vice you know is the vice president going to stick around? Is the president going to stick around? All that stuff and I just didn't know what you you know what the thoughts were and I, I just I'm always curious to see 
what the, what the feeling is in D.C. with Joe Biden, because they've trotted him out in public a lot more than they have uh, in the past six months, and it's it's gone terribly wrong. Well, incompetence is what comes to mind on both their parts uh, among people in Washington. On, on the, frankly, on both sides of the aisle, they don't think he's uh, doing a good job. He's not a manager. He's not a crisis manager. He's not a non-crisis manager. Everything he's touched is is a mess, and uh, he's got up up here apologizing for him, which becomes laughable. When Nancy Pelosi last week said that Joe, she was so impressed with Joe Biden's intimate knowledge of every aspect of the Build Back Broke program and the infrastructure bill, he knew every nuance and just never had a more masterful conversation with him. Everybody in town knows that that's not true. And so incompetence is, I think, what people say. And you're seeing that. Uh, Jimmy Carter has lived to see a president more unpopular than him. And I know it brings him joy uh, when he's looking at the papers in the morning. He can tell Rosalind, you know, see, there's somebody worse than I was. You know, and so uh, it's uh, amazing. And she's uh, unpopular, uh, more unpopular than any previous vice president, including my old friend Dan Quayle or Dick Cheney. So, goodness. Now, there's a good question. What do you make of all this stuff that evidently they want to replace Harris with somebody else? Do you think there's any credence to that rumor? Uh, well, I don't think they'll do anything until 2024. And, you know, honestly, I don't expect either one of these people to be the Democratic nominee. I don't expect Joe Biden to run again. I just think it's just such an exercise in incompetence. And she, which I guess the Democrats put great uh, enthusiasm about that she was the second coming to be named vice president. She's a deep disappointment on substance, policy, and even style with uh, talking about Zeppelin in France. I mean, this is just uh, humiliating to Democrats on Capitol Hill. So I expect to see uh, really in, possibly an open seat in 2024 for President of the United States. I okay. know that doesn't happen much, but I think it's a real possibility. I got 60 seconds. Why did they think that the first person who dropped out of the race for president uh, in their last, uh, you know, a primary was going to be any good anyway. Uh, <laughs> they are caught up in identity politics, and that's a big part of how the internal machinations work in the Democratic Party. And Jim Clyburn played a role in that. I wonder what Democrats say to him in the Democratic cloakroom in the House. <laughs> say, hey, thanks for giving us Uncle Joe. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's what we got. Great to be with you guys. Have All a good right. week. We'll talk to you later, Congressman. Thanks so much All for right. your honesty. Bye. We appreciate it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All mm-hmm. right. So I'll give you a little update on what's going up in, in D.C. I'm I'm kind of you know, caught about this thing about Harris because it's very obvious. They don't like her. They she, But what did they expect? I think my last question was the big one. You know, she was the first person that was out of the Democratic primary when they were deciding who they were going to run against Trump. She got out. People didn't like her at all. What made them think that she was the be-all, end-all that they should get behind. I don't, just don't get it.
But he's right. They do play identity politics all the time. All right, let's hear from Bill O'Reilly. We'll come back and we'll hear from Congressman Westerman. Got some rhetorical questions for you. Are you concerned about out-of-control government spending? How about soaring inflation or political unrest and a rapid decline of the U.S. dollar? If any of those are bothering you, and because you, you know that they're going to eat into your savings that you've put together so uh, you can retire and be comfortable, then you need to pay attention. David Lucas Financial knows that millions of Americans are investing in silver and gold so they can protect their nest egg. And they know that you're wondering how you can do that as well. Don't let 1970-style inflation destroy your retirement. Learn how silver and gold could help our uh, you know, our folks that are getting ready to retire protect their assets, their IRAs, their 401ks, and their hard-earned savings. I've got a number for you. You call 501-222-3315, and uh, they will work uh, with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country. So you get direct prices from a dealer you can trust. To learn more about buying silver and gold, call 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial an Arkansas registered investment advisor. We got about 23 minutes uh, until uh, 8 o'clock, and we're joined by District 4 Congressman Bruce Westerman now here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And Bruce, uh, Ken Yang is here as well. And uh, we got a couple of of questions for you. And uh, I guess the first one being in the House You've got uh, Nancy Pelosi saying, well, we're not going to wait for that CBPO, uh, CBO uh, scoring uh, because we think it's going to be wrong. And since it's going to be wrong in our ideas, then we want to vote on it on Thursday before we hear what they have to say. That sounds to me like people running for the hills with their hair on fire. Hey, well, good morning, Dave, and good morning, Ken. And, yeah, you you shouldn't be surprised. Uh, you know, they don't want to see the score. You know, Nancy Pelosi was famous for saying, "We'll we'll pass it and then find out what's in it." Um, they've got their socialist agenda. They've got it back on the tracks because uh, they passed that uh, so-called infrastructure bill, and they're full speed ahead. And it's. Uh, you know, damn the torpedoes, damn the country uh, we're going through to push this leftist agenda, and uh, it is what it is. So, yeah, I'm not surprised at all. Now, it's it's really crazy, though. I mean, it, it, it's come out now. You know this. You're you're right there in the middle of it. That the CBO says now that it's going to be like four hundred uh, billion dollars short of being able to pay for itself, this bill. And that, that's been the big selling point. I mean, to hear the, the administration and other Democrats say it's not going to cost the American people anything. Uh, Oh my gosh. (laughs) So even if they could quote pay for it, 
uh, so it wasn't raising the the debt or the deficit. What they're saying is we're going to raise taxes yeah. uh, high enough to pay for all these programs. So how do they do that, which the bill is full of tax increases on everybody, not to mention the inflation that's out there right now that's taxing everybody, uh, and they want to say it's not going to cost anybody anything. Um, it, they're so disingenuous in this this policy and in what they're they're telling to the American people. But you know, I think the American people see it. They saw it in Virginia. They saw where leftist policies take you in Virginia. They saw in New Jersey. Um, you know, very close to losing Democrats to losing the governor's race up there, and they lost. Uh, you know that that famous race where the president of the New Jersey Senate was beaten by truck driver that spent 153 yeah that's amazing what an amazing story so let me let me ask this question and let you talk about it for a a, a moment is that uh, the american people are sitting back they're watching what these crazy democrats are trying to do there's more and more democrats that are deciding not to run for re-election that should be telling everybody everything they need to know because they figure and who was it? Emmons made the statement. Uh, Congressman Emmons made the statement who we heard from here in the Saline County uh, dinner that Emmer. they had. Emmer. Yeah. Tom, Tom Emmer. Yeah. Emmer. And Emmer. he made he made this statement. Look, you can you can retire or you can get beat. You can, <laughs> that's your choice. And a lot of them have chosen retirement. Yeah, another one announced uh, this week. She's retiring. <clears throat> retiring, Jackie Spear from <clears throat> excuse me from California. But uh, you know, I, I want to win the majority next fall. I think we will win the majority. But this is about the future of the country, and it's like they're they're just trying to you know burn the place down as they leave by passing these horrible bills that'll be hard uh, to change. And so you'd have to have a big Republican majority in the House and the Senate and have a Republican president to ever change the policies they're going to put in these bills that they're trying to to do right now. And, uh, you know, the big so-called infrastructure bill that they say was bipartisan, which it was, uh, but it never went through a committee in the House for a vote. There's a a group of, uh, of legislators that call themselves the Problem Solvers Caucus that met uh, in private outside of the rest of Congress, and they came up with this deal, and that's how it got pushed through. Uh, but you know, people say, oh, Arkansas is getting $4 billion out of this uh, $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. Uh, yeah, that's 0.3% of $1.2 trillion, and I can't tell you where that money's going, and I don't think Arkansas needs $4 billion of uh of money put into the economy to do uh, public projects right now uh, because the private sector can't find people to to do the, the work that they've got. So you're just going to create more competition, you're going to drive prices up more, and you're going to make it harder on the private sector, which ultimately is footing the bill for these socialist programs. So, <clears throat> so, ahead, so yeah, so, so Congressman, um, um, you know, I... Uh, you know, heard you know, the judge, as you know, the White House chief of staff talked about, you know, inflation being a, a high class problem. Uh, and so my my thought, my, my I always I told Congressman Hill the same thing. I like to know what 
uh, you know people are saying up there, and I think the people listening do too. You know, you you've talked about um, you, you on the record on TV and committee uh, to your Democrat colleagues about uh, in your district. You've talking to farmers. You've talking to uh, truckers, uh, and how inflation is and the supply chain problems affecting them, how food prices will go up and how they don't have enough truck drivers. They don't have enough people at the manufacturers. And when you, when you tell your Democrat colleagues, these things do it, do they not listen or do they just stare at you blankly? Uh, uh, You know, it, it just, it seems like I think a lot of your colleagues are having the same problems in their districts too. And I, you know, I'm wondering if it's just being ignored. Now, they've got to be having these problems. It makes me wonder if they talk to anybody in their districts. I mean, look at the port of uh, Los Angeles and the port of Long Beach. Those are all Democrat districts. They have to be hearing it from people uh, when they go home because they're hearing it from the rest of the country about how the supply chain's locked up out there. Um, it's it's amazing to me in talking about this administration. Uh, you know, I'm in search for the first competent one in the administration. We had a hearing yesterday uh, in my committee, and we finally got someone from the administration to come over, and her title was special counsel to the uh, assistant secretary of land and minerals. But this is the office in the Department of Interior that deals with mineral leasing uh, in the federal government. And we asked her about the the Duluth complex, which is in northern Minnesota, which has more nickel and um, and cobalt and copper than any place else we know in the country. And the Biden administration just pulled the lease on it. Um, we asked about that, and she didn't even know what we were talking about. You couldn't even get to the question about why did the administration do this. She didn't she didn't know this place existed. And I'm, I asked her about the mine out in Arizona. Uh, that the Democrats want to pull the lease on that. She didn't even know it existed. I'm thinking, how does somebody like this get a title uh, to be the special advisor to the secretary in charge of, of this issue when they have I think no they, idea? Uh, I think they sent you an intern. She, well, she did mention that it was important uh, to, to have American jobs where there was social justice and equity in those jobs. Oh, my God. So, here we go. Uh, and then, then uh, I had a lunch meeting with the Secretary of Energy, Granholm, who was, the, I guess, the governor of Michigan. And uh, she she knew less about energy than the common sixth grader, I would say. It's just <laughs> it's amazing that these people are are supposedly leading our country. Last question before we take a break. There's a there's a woman who's running for a high banking uh, job and she's still being questioned and she said on the internet on her channel or whatever that yeah we're we're not worried about uh, the prices of oil and gas because what's going to happen is this the small businesses are going to probably uh, go out of business in fact we want them to go out of business i mean i I've never heard an American, uh, somebody from America, that's saying we want to put these people out of business by putting the policies in that will put them out of business. She sounded like a perfect communist speaking to me. Just the person you want in charge of of banking regulations in our country. 
it's it's unreal. Um, this, this attack on American oil and gas is is phenomenal, and uh, you know the the administration is literally begging the rest of the world <clears throat> to drill more so they can ship it here. I, I had opportunity last week to to travel overseas, and I had quite a few uh, Democrat colleagues with me, but I went to uh, uh, Qatar and got to go in where some of these uh, Afghan refugees with the, the Amir while I was there. And, you know, the two main industries in Qatar are oil and gas. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my Democrat colleagues were talking about or asking the Amir, you know, what all they were doing to uh, combat uh, climate change and to reduce fossil fuels. And I'm sitting there in this guy's palace thinking, you know, they're not, unless there's a, uh, a new market for sand, that's the only economy they basically <laughs> got here. You know, they're not going to uh, do anything to stop the production of, of oil and gas. Um, but it's just, uh, it's amazing uh, when you see the the warped outlook they, they have on the world. All right. We've got Congressman Bruce Westerman, and, and no, we're not talking about an alternate reality. We're talking about Washington, D.C. We'll talk more about it when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. It's where you go to get get your jewelry. I've already bought my wife a pair of real nice stud earrings, diamond earrings, because I have been told, I have been schooled by other women who have told me every woman must have diamond studded earrings so i i bought into it i'm by i got them i've already paid for them i'm giving them for for christmas and all my uh, uh these people are telling me you're gonna be excited dave it's gonna work out just fine she'll be excited so we're gonna i'm telling you bruce we're gonna find out if i if i've hit it right and i've hit a home run or not uh go see hillcrest designer jewelry they open at 10 o'clock today they open every day at 10 o'clock monday through saturday at 3000 cavanaugh boulevard in suite e uh if you want to have a, a talk with uh eric uh, the proprietor uh you can call him 501-246-3655 and uh, you can get all your questions answered about you want to get a ring made or a necklace or whatever he can do that for you as well hillcrest designer jewelry all right well let's talk uh primary can we yeah okay i won't i'm i'm not going to get into uh, real heavy specifics after we get done with bruce here but i there's some questions need to be asked bruce i'd like you to talk about one last thing with uh with my listeners and that is the democrats on this social uh infrastructure bill are writing it in such a way that it's all it's going to be as close as being in stone as you can be uh, getting this stuff changed, it's going to be very, very difficult. Is that not correct? Now, that's correct. You know, it's been said that the closest thing to eternal life on Earth is a temporary government program. So once they get them uh, set in place, it's very difficult to, to reverse those uh, policies. Okay, so people need to understand that uh, the Democrats are trying to are really doing what Obama said back when he was elected as president, that he was going to fundamentally change, fundamentally change the United States of America. Now the party, the Democratic Party, is saying, 
they really want to change the United States fundamentally uh, from the ground up, correct? Yeah, they use that language. These are fundamental transformational uh, changes, and they're right. If, uh, if they're passed, they will be fundamental transformational changes, and in my opinion, they're not changes uh, for the good. And I don't think uh, I don't think the people in the Fourth District of Arkansas feel that way, or, or any of Arkansas. And that's why our entire delegation is is totally united in pushing back on this craziness. Okay, so we that's that's the House side. What are the real chances? Do you believe on the Senate side that they're able to get this through? I mean, was it Schumer who said we'll, we'll, we're going to pass it before Christmas? I think that's the last I heard uh, from him. So, you think that they can do it? Well, it comes back to Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, and uh, you know, there's nothing that has transpired so far far that has moved in the direction Joe Manchin has. Uh, said uh, they need to move in. I do think if they pass it out of the House, there will be enough pressure that they'll make some modifications to it in the Senate and uh, to get Joe Manchin on board. At that point, it would have to come back to the House, so maybe the squad uh, couldn't live with those changes. But I think it's far from actually happening, but it's one giant step closer to happening with the passage of that uh, massive infrastructure bill. That was creating a lot of dissension between the the House Democrats for sure, uh, and that dissension was already there with Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema and the Senate Democrats, but um, they were able to get that obstacle out of the way, unfortunately, with some uh, Republicans uh, voting uh, for that bill. All right. I I just don't understand what the Democrats think they're going to win about this. This is not, I believe, the way to win, but I never looked at life the same way Democrats do, and I'm even further from looking at it the way that they do today because they've they've gone way far left uh, from what I I uh, I want to live in this country. Um, they're going to get rid of they're they're doing everything they can to get rid of freedom. There's no doubt. They're, 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 that's just yeah, well, what they're when, doing. When you're when you're blinded and you're looking you're staring into a dark cavity, it's hard to see. Um, and, and I think that's where Democrats are at. I think they somehow have drank the Kool-Aid that this socialist policy um, and these, uh, you know, wanting to be uh, more accepted on the global stage and, you know, being uh, what seems like ashamed of America and ashamed of, of how this country was established, uh, it pushes them to these crazy ideas. And, you know, it's, it's cutting off your nose to spot your face. Um, the very blessings that they enjoy, the ability they have to uh, to do the things they do, are because of the, the sacrifices and the founding of this country, and they want to just totally destroy that. Well, I can tell you this, Congressman, I'll be working as hard as I can to try to make sure that we take the gavel away from Nancy Pelosi and put it into hoping hopefully hopefully kevin mccarthy's hands by the way before i let you go uh what do you think about the local radio freedom act i wanted to get your take on that oh that's a great bill that uh, my colleague steve womack has introduced you know he came from a a family where his dad is still on the radio and if you ever hear him uh talk you would you would swear it was steve talking that sound just alike but uh (laughs) steve's 
Steve grew up understanding the uh, the business of small radio stations, the importance of it, and it's actually a bipartisan bill. So I'm I'm in total support of that, and uh, glad that he's got that interest and in, and in filed that piece of legislation. Yeah, I was talking uh, to. Before, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No. Go ahead. Well, Congressman Hill has said there's over 200 people signed on to that piece of legislation, and because of that, he thinks that Nancy Pelosi will uh, will move it forward there in the House. You you agree with that? Well, she's uh, she's failed to do that in the past when there's been um, a lot of signatures, but this one should be non-controversial. Okay. All right. Listen. Well, one, th- one last thing yeah. that I didn't, didn't mention earlier when I was in uh, Qatar, I got good information that there's still 58 Americans in uh, Afghanistan wanting to get out, and there's still over 400 Americans wow. there. Just oh, the U.S. government. So that that uh, horrible uh, action by this this administration has not gone away, um, and it's it's still out there. So keep uh, keep our citizens and our friends in prayers uh, yeah. because they're facing some dire situations. Anybody from Arkansas? Uh, I couldn't get that uh, detail of information from them. Well, if you do and it's uh, Arkansan, let us know, and we'll get behind that, and we'll start beating the drum awful loud about it. Thanks so much, Congressman. We appreciate you. Thank you for being on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Dave. All right. Congressman Bruce Westerman here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm back tomorrow, 6 a.m. Thank you, Ken Yang, for joining us today. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.